0: Tupelo, Mississippi is a cool town, if I do say so myself. And I do, and one reflection of, if not reason for, that coolness is that a word? Is Farmhouse. I could ramble on about all the items you can get there everything home, baby, local art, gifts, Annie Sloan chalk paint, and DIY projects. But what really makes it cool, aside from the staff, is the experience it provides. Shopping at Farmhouse is better than going to a movie are going down a YouTube rabbit hole. And look, every store around claims to be unique, right? Well, Farmhouse is unlike any other place in North Mississippi. I can't tell you how many people I know in Tupelo who make it a point to visit on a regular basis just to have a laugh, get inspired, and feel good. Sometimes they pick something up, sometimes they don't. But right now... If you do pick up some items at Farmhouse and tell them JLU sent you at checkout, you'll get 10% off your purchase. Visit them on West Main Street downtown or find them on Facebook, Farmhouse Tupelo.
1: The following podcast contains subject matter that may not be appropriate for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed in the program do not necessarily reflect those of WTVA or its sister station, WLOV. It is not a production of WTVA 9 News.
0: Upon arrival, officers noticed, uh, as well as the mother, that the door to the garage and the back door of the house were open. Uh, there were no signs of any forced entry, but uh, some signs of uh, possible struggle were found and that included uh, some hair and some uh, blood that was found in and around a door facing to one of the rooms in the house. The volunteers were broken down into search teams, combing several hundred acres of land.
1: Much of it was rough going.
0: Well, the investigation uh, division of the Tupelo Police Department uh, had information that this is a possible uh, location that we need to search, and that's why we're out here. We've asked for volunteers because it is such a large area. Well, we've got children of our own, and
2: if this happened to us, you know, we'd expect help, too. And we're willing to give up our time to help this family.
0: After several hours of searching, police are still no closer to solving the mystery surrounding Ochi's disappearance. August, 1992, Tupelo, Mississippi. 13-year-old Lee Ochi vanished. Her mother, Vicki, reported her missing. Detectives investigated. People who knew the family began whispering about Vicky's strange behavior, the bruises some had frequently spotted on Lee, long before her disappearance. The gossip was that Vicky murdered Lee and hid her body. But later, Vicky pointed out that Oscar Kearns, connected to the family through their church, was imprisoned for a sex crime against a girl Lee's age shortly after the incident. A coincidence? To learn more about this man, we wanted to talk to someone who was there at the church with both Lee Ochi and Oscar Mike Kearns. My partner did some digging.
1: Hello. Hey, this is Lauren.
0: She didn't just find a churchgoer. She found a church leader, and his testimony may upset your view of this case. They came on foot, on horseback, and on wheels. Some came from as far away as Tallahatchie County to look for any sign of Lee Ochi. I well, know
2: we saw it on, on a news last night that they were asking
0: for
1: volunteers to come up and help. Ochi's mother remained at the base site, anxiously
0: awaiting room the search teams. From the WTVA podcast studio in the All America City, this is 13, the search for Lee Ochi.
1: Mike Kearns, Oscar Mike Kearns, uh, Uh what do you remember his role was at the church, if any?
2: Okay. He had several. He was on the property board. He often helped uh, the people who were in charge of the youth group. Uh, I don't recall him actually being... An officer or a leader in the youth group, but he would he would often help, and he was he seemed to get along famously with the kids. You know, they seemed all in fact everybody liked him. You know, he was just he was just uh, you couldn't help but like him. So he got along well with the kids, and that, that's that's really that's all I can tell you. He was uh, he he and his wife were good folks. They got along. He got along with they got along with everybody in the church, so there was
1: never anything odd or alarming about his behavior
2: No, there wasn't in fact, uh, when all of this transpired, and his name was brought up and et cetera, he was arrested or whatever, we were all shocked um, I mean we just couldn't comprehend that they were talking about the fellow we knew. 'Cause the fellow we knew wasn't we didn't think, we didn't believe was like that. But obviously as it turned out, he he was. So
1: did you ever see Oscar and Lee together? Uh
2: by themselves?
1: At, at any point, could have been in a crowd interacting
2: with each other. In no. The crowd. Mm-hmm. no. Uh he may have been at, at a function where there were maybe twenty kids and three or four adults, you know, but they were all in a group. Let's not to say it didn't happen. I didn't see it.
1: What was the whole church's reaction to these disappearances?
2: Uh, it varied, to be honest with you, it varied from almost no reaction to people being just it was an unbelievable thing that had happened. It was totally flabbergasting, for lack of a better term. Uh, they, it was, they couldn't comprehend that something like that could happen to one of our own. And they were very shake, shaken up, both about Lee and, as it turned out, the when the accusations were brought against Mike, uh... You know, they were just—they were very,
0: very upset. At this point, it seemed the interview was coming to a close, but Lauren kept him talking, and searching his memory. There was a detective, I think,
2: was a detective from Tupelo Police Department, who was involved in all the, in, the, in the investigation. I don't recall his name. Uh, I had an interview with him one time—a telephone interview.
0: It was not face-to-face. Then she had an idea, and it paid off.
1: And would you share with me the details um, about the construction that was going on at the church around the time of Luke's disappearance?
2: Yeah. Uh, We were in the process of building a new sanctuary, a new church. Uh, They had dug the hole. I was going to be, we were, we were going to have a basement, so they had dug the hole for the basement and had put, um, whatever, whatever down there, filled it up with a bunch of sand, uh, uh for a footing, and, uh, they were getting prepared to, uh, flame it up, I suppose, or even put it up, and, uh, it rained like it rained cats and dogs one night one day or in the morning, and it really beat the sand up as it would you know in the open hole. well, I had heard uh on several occasions uh,
0: the, the man involved. As Lauren will eventually clarify, when our interviewee says the man involved, he means Oscar Kearns. He was just antsy part of the time about saying names.
2: Uh, had suggested that people, people ha- were, were saying that her body was buried in Dr. Thomas's barn. And I don't think Dr. Thomas is even alive at that time, but it was his chunk of property and he had horses and a barn and all that stuff so that was a rumor and then very shortly thereafter he came back with another rumor and he said or he told me it was a rumor he said that he had heard that her body had been buried in the sand at the church before they would poured concrete Uh, and and the rain and all that stuff just, you couldn't tell anything had been disturbed. You know, it just masked everything. Uh, those are the two things I I, I can recall him saying.
1: The man who wasn't arrested for the rape and abduction of another girl is the man who had brought you these rumors prior to something. yes, yes,
2: yes. He's the man that brought me the rumors because that, that, that bothered me greatly.
0: Here, the church leader begins talking about the crime after Lee's disappearance, for which Kearns was imprisoned. He was
2: accused of that other incident, and that was a young girl, too. I think she was, uh, she was from Memphis. She wasn't from Um uh,
1: Was that somewhere he was doing a job or something out in Memphis? <laughs>
2: I think he knew her from the youth group. I believe she had come to Tupelo to visit her grandparents, and they weren't members of the church, but had come to visit her grandparents in Tupelo. And somehow or another, she knew one of the kids in the group, and they invited her to a youth, you know, to a function. Um, sleepover or whatever, hayride, something. Uh, and I believe that's where he met her.
0: The coincidences keep stacking up. Now we don't just have a guy connected to Lee Ochi, later convicted of sexually assaulting a young girl after picking her up from her home around the time Vicki says Lee vanished from her home. We have that very guy After Lee's disappearance, telling someone his theories about the location of Lee's body. And we discover that he met his Memphis victim in the very same place he knew Lee. And just like Lee, her grandparents brought her to the church rather than her parents. When we return, we're going to church. You know, when I was a kid, my Memaw used to watch her programs and stories. They were kind of a big deal. In 2018, we've all got our shows, and they're a bigger deal. With lots more content, lots more ways to watch it, and lots more convoluted ways to pay for it. For a while, I was paying out the, excuse my language, abuhonkus. And it seemed like I never paid the same amount twice. I didn't know what was going on. Then, I switched to Dish. I went to Chris at Tupelo Satellite, and he told me the bottom line. Dish is $59.95 per month, including HD DVR and voice remote. What, what? Actually, I chose to pay just 5 bucks more so I can watch all my shows anywhere I goes. Dude, if you don't have the hopper, what are you doing with your life? Right now, for a limited time, you can get the same boss deal I got by calling 662 553 and telling them you want JLU's deal. You'll get the best TV experience from Tupelo Satellite, your neighborhood professional dish authorized retailer. Credit qualification required and 24-month commitment. See dealer for all terms and conditions. There is one part of the Oscar Kern story we've not yet mentioned. When he was arrested, then convicted of sexual assault, Obviously, that meant his departure from the church, but the woman who was married to him at that time remained there, and she is still a member of that congregation. Now, I'm not going to mention her name here. I'm not even going to mention the name of the church, but I will point out that in putting the address in my Maps app, I couldn't help noticing that the address begins with 13, Alright guys, I am here at the church, it is a lovely church, I'm pretty sure I parked in the wrong place, I parked next to like where the pastor parks, I think we'll be okay though. Um, this place is, it's really nice, um, It's obviously it's not one of those mega churches, but it is a little uh, bigger, fancier than I would have thought. I had a hard time deciding how I should approach this. Like, literally. Do I try to set something up with church officials and no doubt scare them away? I have absolutely no intention of making this institution itself look bad. I don't even think the people who were in charge there in the early 90s can be blamed for anything that Oscar Kearns did, much less the people there now. But I have little, let's say, faith I could convince them of this. So, do I just attend a service and introduce myself to this woman and suddenly go, Oh, hey, by the by, I'm doing a podcast about the girl some folks say your ex husband murdered. That didn't seem like the best approach either. I chose to show up in my WTVA jacket, obviously holding my phone in front of me to record audio, and just be stand up about it, for better or worse. I'd had no luck in contacting the ex-wife outside this scenario, so I just wandered into the lobby during Sunday service. There was a dad in there with me, his kid too young to absorb anything happening in the sanctuary and doing his best to be taken home. Churchgoers started exiting. I went outside and stood between the main building and the Bible school building. The pastor walked past me with a kind greeting. Hey, hey, uh, do you want to stand out here in the cold? No, it's fine. It's fine. Hey, you can stand in here. I just okay. came back from Minnesota, so this is not bad. Okay. <laughs> then they started to file out. Hey there. Good morning. good morning. Extremely polite, these people. Hey there. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Do you Come mind on. if I ask how long you guys have been going to this church? I'm Jason. I'm with WTBA. Have you been going here for a long time? Oh yes. Over 30 years. Wow. And here's a retiree from TVA. <laughs> really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's TV. a connection and you yes, I'm with WTBA. <laughs> okay. wow. That, well, <laughs> right. You're, you're visiting, or you have you moved? Uh, well, I'm, oh, I'm actually. Know. I'm hoping to talk. To <laughs> you guys. She is. Hey, I'm, huh? I'm Jason Osry. I'm with WTBA. I just wanted to see if maybe I could schedule maybe. a time to talk with you. I didn't know about what. Any other way to to meet up with you about okay. um, Lee Ochi? Huh. Rather not talk about no. Oscar.
1: No, I got rid of him. He's gone. I don't want nothing to do with him or anything. About
0: him. I just thought if anyone could talk about whether or not he could have been involved in this, he would be the one. I don't know anything about. Him. Okay. You. As my partner later put it, it's certainly understandable that this poor woman doesn't want to discuss Oscar Kearns at all. But what if he did kill Lee? What if the words spoken in 1992 still haunting one former church leader were more than just idle chatter? What if the remains of Lee Marine Ochi are buried beneath the concrete at the very spot on which I stood face to face With Oscar Kern's ex-wife, it's all possible. Then again, maybe we are ignoring the obvious. Maybe we're veering too far away from the only true destination. In our next episode, a wildly different perspective on Kern's suspected involvement. And I guess it wouldn't really be this podcast without a touch of the unexplained and the supernatural.
1: When Lee appeared to her this time, she came with her grandmother, which I know. I know who this lady is. I've seen her before, and she described her to her too.
0: 13. The Search for Lee Ochi is edited by me, Jason Lee Usri. Produced by Jason Lee Usri and Lauren Ochi. It is a production of WTVA Podcasts. Of course, you can help the show by giving it a review and or rating on iTunes and by letting our sponsors know you support them for making this all possible. Hey, I've said it many times before, but I mean it this time. I'm becoming active on Twitter. You can find me at JLUWTVA. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon.